Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Well, we flipped the page on the hockey calendar. The playoffs are over. The NHL draft is now complete and free agency is well underway. With our latest Broadcasters Roundtable, Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, Chris Terrian, and Bill Meltzer. Well, guys, the calendar is a little upside down right now in the NHL, and certainly the new financial realities in the league have set in. Jimmy, Chuck Fletcher was kind of thrown a bit of a curveball with the announcement of Matt Niskanen's retirement, but a cautious approach through this uh, offseason might be uh, the appropriate one for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, you know, Timmy, this, it's, it's tough for fans, right? And even for, for people who cover the team, uh, you want – something to talk about you want them to go out and grab a player they do still have some needs there's no doubt about it but when you think about the landscape right now uh, not only are you talking about uh, an expansion draft coming up which is a major factor you also have obviously the salary cap in a flat salary cap world now and also the uncertainty of when will the season really start and how long will it be there's just so many variables out there i think it's prudent to be cautious i really do i saw some of the contracts that were signed no way. I, 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 some of the money given out to some guys who, to me, aren't even top-line players. Uh, Josh Andrews. I mean, so, some of these guys got really deals that I think are going to be painful for the teams down the road. Uh, I think right now this is the right way to go, even though for all of us it's like, hey, Matt Niskanen has retired. you got to plug that hole. You still need, I think, another goal scorer, somebody who actually shoots the puck, and there's a guy out there right now who I kind of like in that role, but – I don't know if you can fit them. So I think right now caution is probably the way to go, even though it's probably not very popular uh, right at this time. It might be more popular when we look back in a, a year or two. Coach, we were, uh, I think, spoiled in the days of Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren always making that big move to keep the Flyers in contention. Those days, unfortunately, have passed. Well, it's a different management style for sure. I didn't think that they would do anything big as far as free agency is concerned. The only way they're going to improve this hockey club is, I believe, through trade. And, you know, there's a lot of different uh, uh, elements to be able to look on this hockey club. Uh, you've got a little bit more age in the forward position. You've got to fill that position for Niskanen. If Gustafson's the guy, so be it. But there's a multiple group there in the back on, on the back line that could be moved, a couple of people. But I think that Chuck Fletcher is handling it absolutely perfectly. He's just sitting back. He's trying to understand and probably trying to understand the money that Jimmy has just talked about, the money that's being given out, especially after coming off a financial crisis that we've had in this last year because of the COVID. It's absolutely unbelievable the numbers are going to players that are kind of so-so. Anderson, especially like you had mentioned, coming out of Columbus, he didn't even play last year, and all of a sudden he's getting that big deal. Now, can he bring it? Can he help the Montreal Canadiens with his size and, and, and the way he plays the game from that right side? Yeah, but when you take a look at those numbers – I would sit back and watch and understand what I got to do to be able to stay under the cap. I think that the Flyers, the one thing I definitely do think that they do need, if you take a look at the New York Islanders and you take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and most of these hockey clubs, the fourth line has become a huge element in the success of those teams, the Islanders especially. And I think if we could get a little bit more uh, in that fourth line, it would certainly be a big help. All right, Coatsy, we'll return to the fourth line and the way it might look right now. But, Bundy, let's take a half a step back here because the two free agent additions that they have made, a depth forward in Derek Pouliot, who may end up in the American League, and more to the point, Eric Gustafson, not 
the former flyer, but the new Eric Gustafson, probably the better of the two players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, it looks like Gustafson, just based on the fact that he's got that that one-way $3 million contract, will certainly he'll be penciled in the Flyers lineup where, where Derek Pouliot will be probably a different look at it. Uh, we'll get a different look at things and, and we'll be uh, probably a fill-in part by, you know, uh, as long as he's playing well, he'll get some time. But now with the three vacancies that you talked about, the fourth line, I know you said you got, you got something later for Timmy, but, you know, there's a full uh, – we essentially lost what was supposedly our fourth line uh, at the end of this season with Thompson, um, Grant, and uh, – am I missing someone? <laughs> yeah, that Pitlick, of course, signing in Arizona. So, yeah, there's, there's a loss there and the makeup of those guys, the contributions physically that they, they've made. But I really think, uh, Coach, you said it was kind of by way of trade, and I think when you look at a lot of the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in, let's say, the last decade – it sure looks like they have more of a homegrown attitude in into them. If you look at Victor Hedman, who was the, the dynamo of the Tampa Bay Lightning, a lot of those guys were drafted by their team. Um, same going back to Chicago. Their core players were put together. So I think from that standpoint, Chuck's going to look at his house, and I think a lot of the reasons for what Jimmy and, and you even mentioned, Coatsy, uh, the financials, I mean, uh, we play in a league that's driven by uh, ticket revenue, revenue, say, uh, revenue. People coming into the buildings is a big piece of, of the hockey landscape for payroll and for for what this league has to absorb. Uh, that didn't happen since March 12th, right? Or in and around that time. So there's a lost revenue. Uh, and the teams have to be very, very fiscally responsible in how they make up for that. So, you know, again, I, I, Josh Anderson, I, I, I like the move in a sense that he may have upside and needed a different change. Tyler Toffoli, insane money. You know, I know he's good. Four years, $17 million. These are the numbers. That's a Canadian market team. I know it's the Montreal Canadiens passing around money like that, but, but I really think that you can't advance. Just, this is just my perspective looking from the, the end of the year through uh, the draft of free agency, I don't think you can go as far as you want to go unless you know exactly what you have in your system with the kids that are there that we keep talking about, whether it's Ratliff, Morgan Frost. We saw a glimpse of him last year. We know he's got some strides to make, but I really think you have to evaluate wholly and fully what your youth looks like and if it's a path that you can go down to make your team better because i look at it the good teams have relied on their youth to grow and then ultimately get deep into the playoffs and win stanley cups bundy i think uh you're right and two things that always come to mind is one you don't want to make moves that are going to block the prospects that you've got the system that you're trying to create opportunities for if you expect those guys to take their games to the next level you got to have an opportunity to play And number two, more mistakes are probably made in free agency than at any other time. And now with the financial realities that exist, that's probably true tenfold. Yes. Let's not gloss over the defenseman, though. Eric Gustafson, Billy, you know uh, about his recent past. A couple of years ago, he had a big year with Chicago, and he could be capable of more than some people are giving him credit for. Well, sure. Uh, you know, not this season, but the season before that, uh, he had 17 goals and 60 points just out of, you know, just by a frame of reference as to how much production that is. That's more than Tory Krug's career highs in goals and points. Uh-huh. That's uh, right about in line with uh, some of Hedman's better seasons offensively. And, it, and it's more than Shattenkirk ever did, you know, in terms of uh, overall production. You know, when you uh, – he didn't match up to that this past year. He did make – you know, some strides as, as an all-around player. I thought he was good in the playoffs for Calgary. I thought he was better in the playoffs, actually, than he was for in a large part of the regular season. Um, very good puck mover. 
proven guy on the power play, has an ability to get shots through. I think the my only, you know, my only reservation is that he's a guy who needs a lot of starts in the offensive zone. So he's not really a guy you pair with Provorov because Provorov carries heavy defensive responsibilities. He's got to play down a little bit. And, um, you know, whether that's a Travis Sanheim or, you know, whether um, I actually today I took a look at when the Flyers brought Mark Streit in, uh, they paired him with uh, with Nick Grossman. Of course, an offensive defenseman with a stay-at-home guy, and and how did Chief was the coach at the time? How did he balance that? And he did it by, you know, they had Kimo Tiemann in at the time. So a lot of times, if they were starting, starting up ice, Kimo would be on the ice, or if they were starting their own zone, Kimo would be out there with Grossman, and then when they could, they'd make the change and, and bring Stride out. So you know, you do have a little flexibility as to how you can balance some of that off, um, whether he's on the second pair or on the third pair. But he'll definitely, you know, he's definitely a guy very good jumping jumping into the play up the ice. You know, good shooter, can can trigger uh, the rush with, with his first pass out of the defensive zone when you are breaking out. So he does bring all of that. He also brings the fact that one-year contract, so it's not an expansion draft issue. You, you know, you don't have to protect him. You can protect your three defensemen and, and seven forwards, um, you know, if, if that's the path that you choose to go. Um if it does work out, because it does, it does create you know a question is okay. What do you do with Shane Goss's bear at this point? I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. But uh, if it were to work out, the ghost has moved. Then you're saving one and a half million on the cap from Gustafson compared to Ghost. So there, there, there are all those things that are, that are coming into play that that help. All right. So Gustafson shoots left, but he's more comfortable playing the right side. You're right. He's probably not going to jump into where Matt Niskanen was. But we know that A.V. likes that lefty-righty combination whenever he can get it. Uh, Jimmy, is it more likely that Myers ends up with Provorov? I think it's quite possible Myers gets the first crack at it. You know, we when we sit in an offseason and we talk about an upcoming season, we often talk about what it's going to be like it's going to be that way the whole season and it's never that way uh i think though he will get maybe first crack at it i know they're very high on phil and uh, i know he tailed off uh, toward the end of the playoffs some but early on in the playoffs and in the middle of those playoffs uh he, he was i think as good as they had on d i really liked his play he did slide as did travis uh, toward the end and we like those two as a pair i know but I, I like both just as defensemen, so I think you can put them with different people and they'll still excel. As far as Gustafson, I talked with Eddie Olchuk, who saw him in Chicago, had saw him for that big year. He also saw him struggle a little bit last year early, uh, and he, he really likes him. I can say his scouting report of Gustafson was, would be a lot better than mine of, of Shane Gustafson. And I'm not saying that to, to shoot down Ghost. Ghost, two year, three years ago now, obviously had a very similar season to what Gustafson had two years ago. I think they are similar. But it, it seems to me some of the areas that, that Edzo talked about, he raves about his passing, says he's an excellent passer, and he also thinks he'll help the power play if it's the second power play to second power play, but he does think he'll help there. But five on five, he said, if you look at his numbers, he hasn't been a liability numbers-wise, you know, expected goals, you can get into the analytics of it, but just basically he hasn't been on ice for a lot uh, of goals against more than he's cr- helped create, let's put it that way. So I, I think it's absolutely worth a one-year, $3 million risk because there were some uh, websites that had him projected $5 million, maybe over a longer-term contract, too. So to get him one year, $3 million, as Bill said, very important, uh, keeps the expansion draft thing because they don't want to lose Santa Myers or Probroff, obviously. They're going to protect him if they have to. But, I mean, the bottom line is they, they don't want to lose some of these younger players that they really have high hopes for 
And if Gustafson has a great year, we'll see. But I, I think for them, the one-year aspect of it, $3 million, is a home run. But the question here goes, can they both play at the same time? Can they both be in the, the six? I don't know, Bundy. You play D. That's two pretty similar players. Uh, you'd really, I mean, uh, they'd really have to, to figure out how you can get them out there at the, at the right time because both those guys are guys you want out there when you're in the offensive zone, right? Uh, well, of course, yeah. I mean, those are the type of guys that, uh, you know, you build your power play around and, and they can do a great job. I just think now, though, if you, you know, I look at a guy, uh, uh, just a stature, uh, size stature type of player and a Duncan Keith. And I know maybe it's not fair to, to take a the maybe two or three time Norris Trophy winner and make that likeness. But the thing that makes Duncan Keith unique in his own right is the fact that he competes so hard and he has such a great stick in the D zone. So it's really, really hard now to sell a head coach in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, I played golf with Craig Berube about three weeks ago. We we're out in Philly, and we just we were Who won? Who won? Uh, uh, yeah, Craig won. Chief always won. <laughs> <laughs> much as he had but uh that's i told him i said you've been playing too much golf because you got bounced in the first round this year <laughs> his answer was goaltending man goaltending <laughs> but uh but you know the point was is that uh you know you're gonna have a hard time selling a coach um on a guy that's maybe mediocre or maybe isn't all in in the d zone and i think that's the part for for the coach and av and his staff uh to get those guys to buy in i just think it's a matter of commitment i don't doubt any of those players offensive abilities there's a lot of unique players in this league now that have a, a skill set that is, uh is different than maybe we saw 25 years ago they're smaller in stature but they're quicker uh they're more elusive uh i just think though that you're gonna have to sell your coach you're gonna have to make a, your coach a believer of you in your d zone or you're just not going to find yourself on the ice as much as you'd like to, to be. And and I think we see it all the, all the way through the playoffs, guys. Guys get pulled, and and most of the time the the um, the substitutions or the replacements are guys that are going to come in and give you a little bit more of an oomph defensively and perhaps a little bit more of a grind in the offensive zone. Coatsy, we already mentioned uh, that the expansion draft and the strategy that's going to go into that a year from now is going to play a big factor but we're assuming that Chuck Fletcher's done, and chances are he's not. Uh, they could still make some moves, uh, not only in trade, but because of the situation other teams are going to find themselves in as it relates to the salary cap, there are going to be guys available on the waiver wire that you wouldn't dream of. Well, I think when you take a look at the opportunities that are sitting on Chuck Fletcher's desk right now, and you take a look at around the, the, the National Hockey League, there's going to be some good players available. And I'm going to go back, and I don't disagree with you, Bundy. I think that you've got to look at the, the people that you have in your, your system. There's no two ways about that your, your system is where it starts, and then you can fill in the holes. I think Tampa did such a great job by doing it last year because the one thing they needed, they were good skill-wise. They had a great goalie in Vasilevsky, probably the best goalie in the National Hockey League. And the next one, the next one's going to be Carter Hart. But when you take a look at what Tampa did, they filled the void they needed. They needed aggressive play. They needed the uh, Patrick uh, Maroon. Well, Maroon was one. Coleman. Throw was another one. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And Coleman yeah. from the New Jersey Devils. That right. was perfect. So I think that that's something that the the Flyers have the opportunity to sit back. They haven't been active. They haven't been spending any money. Like everybody said, they got Gustafson at a premium. I mean, they got him at a good price. So now you have the opportunity to sit back and watch because there's a lot of moving parts right now, especially with Seattle coming in next year and the number of people you're allowed to be able to protect. And it's going to be very interesting. But I think there is a definite need right now, like I would mentioned, about 
filling that gap back on the fourth line and finding somebody to replace Niskanen. Niskanen's not replaceable. Now, can you try to fill that void? It's interesting that they've gone with uh, Gustafson, who likes to play the right side as a left-hand shot. It's very against, let's say it doesn't follow the philosophy of Chuck Fletcher and Alan Vigneault to have that that, uh, off-wing or off-defense position. Will it work? Who knows? But when you take a look at the opportunities, the Freedmans in this world, uh, Zamula, who's going to have an opportunity to play. There's a lot of different things that are coming, like you had mentioned, with this hockey club. So I think that the options that Chuck Fletcher has heading into this season, and obviously it's going to depend upon when this season starts, but I think that there's a lot of different options and maybe the combination between what you had said Picking up between people in your own system and trading could make this hockey club a lot stronger next year. Yeah, there are some names out there that still could come into play here. Uh, Anthony DeClaire in free agency. Mike Hoffman's available. And from a trade standpoint, Billy Matt Dumba, I can't stop thinking that his history with Minnesota could be a factor there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Dumba, as you said, he's a guy that Chuck Fletcher is already very familiar with. Brent Flair is already familiar with because he, you know, he came from the you know Minnesota system. So, uh, you know, he's kind of entrenched there. Minnesota would move him for the, for the right <laughs> trade package, I would think. Um, that would be that would be an intriguing option. Very, very talented player. A little, still a little inconsistent, but when he when he's on his game, he play, can play at a very, very high level. Uh, you know, the guy you, you figure you plug him alongside Provorov, you have the left, right. There, there's a lot of things there that would that would make sense if something like that could be worked out. Um, you know, there are. I mean, there. You know, I, I think that I think that uh, a lot of people looked at the Nate Schmidt acquisition by Vancouver for a third round pick. You know, the, that would have, I mean, that from a hockey standpoint, particularly over the next year, two years, that would have been a, a tremendous acquisition because that was probably, although he's a left shot, the guy who brought the most elements, you know, that, that would relate to what uh, Niskanen brought, you know, not the same personality, um, but, but um, you know, because Schmidt's more of a, more of a lively kind of, you know, upbeat guy and, and Niskan's more of a quiet leader. But I, I would think that just in, you know, just from those hockey terms, that would have been the way to go, but that would have created salary, you know, would have created contract term issues and, you know, a, a high cap hit. So a guy like, a guy like Dumba, if you are looking to make a big move, might be a way that you would go. Jimmy, as anxious as the fan base is to see Chuck pull the trigger on something big, we also kind of have to remind ourselves that, there's no, there's nothing that says he's got to fill all his needs before even the next season begins. Absolutely. I, I mean, you think about they lost Grant, they lost Thompson, they lost Pitley. Well, two of those guys they got at the trade deadline, they can get players of that ilk the next trade deadline if they have a need in the bottom six. Or And really, when you look at the bottom six, they have guys like Connor Bunneman, Twinsky, some of the, the rookies coming in that could also possibly fill as well. So early in the season, you give the youngsters a shot. Maybe they grab it, and you've got yourself a cheap option in, in a bottom six role. So I'm not really worried about I, I really liked all three of them, but especially Pitlick. He was tremendous in the playoffs. I liked what he brought. I'm not saying this because I'm saying these three are, are bad players. I'm just saying they are the kind of players that will be available at the trade deadline if you have that need. But in the meantime, try some of these young guys out, and maybe one of them or two of them sticks, and, and then you don't have that need anyhow. So I, I don't have much of a problem there. I mean, I was surprised they – I mean, Pitlick's not like he got huge money, but I think probably Chuck's saying down the road we can probably pick that up if we have that need for for a a bottom six forward who plays with energy. Uh, None of those guys are top six forwards. 
uh, on a regular basis, at least. I mean, you can plug them up there, but for the most part, they're bottom six guys, and, and those guys will be available. So I didn't have too much of a problem with those guys. I mean, the Niskanen thing was the big thing. The forwards, I think they can fill. And let's let's face it, guys, when you even looked at the draft, the Flyers are in a position they haven't been at probably since I've been here, maybe Coatsy back in the, the Lindros era a little bit, but I, I really, they're so deep right now that you look at all positions, even goaltenders, they have some good young goaltenders in the chain. You look at defense, certainly they have options coming. You mentioned them, uh, and, and York's another one. And you look up front, they're getting, they're getting hopefully, they're hopefully getting a full season out of Oscar Lindblom and, of course, the Nolan Patrick situation. And that is such a huge, huge question because if he does come back, right now the reports are really good, You've added a player there through free agency in effect, right? Because you got nothing from him last year. So all of a sudden, you, you've got yourself some depth up front, too. So I, I really like where the team is. So it's not like they had to go out and make a move. Yeah, I would like one more goal score. That's the one thing when you watch those playoffs. They weren't scoring enough. And I like Hoffman. I like him as a player in terms of a guy who flat out scores. He's not a great two-way player necessarily, but I think he'd really help the power play. But he's going to cost you... It's looking like now maybe a one-year deal. That seems to be the latest I'm hearing. At 5-5 five, five maybe, maybe 6, you'd have to probably trade somebody to, to get him in here now because you still have to sign Myers. And who's the other player they still have to sign? Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Patrick, of course. Now, I don't know what, what he's going to get given he's got the health issues. But they have a little room to get those two signed. Not much past that, I don't think. So they probably have to make a move. But don't you guys think Hoffman would be a great fit here with what this team needs right now? Well, my, my only concern, Coatsy, is would he fit into an AP system? Uh, well, they, you the know, fair, fair. He, he's a definitely a high-end scorer. He can shoot the puck, skate. I don't like the fact he's moved around. There was a little yeah. bit of that problem yeah. we had in Ottawa. Yeah. yeah, there are some off-ice issues for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's always a question you have. Why does a guy move around? And this was very obvious. It was very public in Ottawa when he had a problem. But the guy can score. And uh, it certainly is a position watching the power play in the playoffs where maybe you got to tweak that. Not tweak this, maybe shake it up and bring in a guy that can bring that big shot and, and, and add that element. So, yeah, Hoppen is a guy that definitely stands out among all the other scorers right and the reason I say that to me before you get somebody else to talk about that is I really think the Flyers have, if you look at the lineup, how many shoot first players do they have? They don't have many. And they all like to pass first. Even Travis Konecti seems to look pass before he looks shot. He should be shooting more. I mean, JVR is a guy who scores more than he passes, but his he's more of a net front presence guy. He's not a sniper. They, they just don't, to me, have that gunner, uh, enough of them at least. They have guys who can score. But to me, Giroux's pass first, Voracek's pass first, Couturier's, he, he, he'll do both, but he he likes to pass. Konechny, to me, is passing a lot. Uh, Oscar Lindblom's a guy who can certainly score, but he he likes to pass. I mean, you can go right down the list, even Nolan Patrick. Is he a goal scorer or a playmaker? Kevin Hayes, he'll score. But I, I think they need a, a, a gunner, a guy who just puts the puck in the net. I think that would help not only uh, the power play, but five on five. Well, so it's entirely possible that Chuck is not done, that there are still moves to be made. Um, I, I, I do think that the one thing that separates the Flyers from most other teams in this league is their depth in their prospects, and that's what we're talking about. Don't block those guys. Give them an opportunity to play. Let's transition quickly to the draft. Uh Billy Meltzer, I think the thing I liked about what the Flyers did in the draft is, one, they got a sniper uh, with their first pick, but they also, later in the draft, 
use the picks to move up and grab guys that their scouts had identified. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Zade Wild or Zade Wisdom rather was is a player who, you know, he stylistically he gets compared all the time to Wayne Simmons because he has a relationship with Wayne and both right-handed shooters, both power forward types. If he does make it to the NHL, he's going to be a player that, that Flyers fans absolutely love. You know, whenever you see the uh, character and compete element of uh, where prospects get ranked, he was always right up near the top in, in every ranking. Um, more of a complimentary kind of player. Also, you know, again, a little bit like Wayne was, put him with some skill guys, he'll score. But what he'll do is he'll go in and he'll battle you know, uh, he wins pucks. He has a physical element, different kind of build. Wayne's tall and lanky, and and uh, wisdom is more of a fire hydrant kind of build guy. But you know, he he brings brings some of that element that I mean, the fire any team really needs. You know, in the lineup um, to get him with the first pick of the fourth round, it was worth trading two picks to be able to move up. Um, you know, they they drafted. I mean, they drafted a. a pretty good array of players in, in terms of what you know, they only drafted five, but everyone has at least one element to them that, that's pretty exceptional. Uh, Forster obviously has the, the huge shot, the, the first, the first round pick. If he can, if he can bring his skating up, um, you know, significantly to, to be at least be an average NHL skater, you know, and there have been guys who've been worse skaters than him that have had really good careers in the NHL. Um, just in terms of the, Pure shooting velocity and accuracy, and and it's not just and it's not just scoring from you know, the one timers from the circle, though that's what he's best known for. He's a guy who can go to the net and score, and is a pretty underrated passer too. So you know, very talented offensive player. Again, if you can work on the skating issues, you're gonna have a good player there. Uh, the the guy they took in the second round, Emil Andre. Um, you know, now I'm not saying he's gonna be Kimo Tiemann or anything like that, but just similar kind of elements to his game. Very very heady player, uh, a power play guy, makes great first pass. Very competitive player. Uh, we talked about wisdom. Uh, Denoyer, the the other pick they had, um, very good two-way guy, good skater, one of the better penalty killers in junior hockey. If the offense comes around a little bit more and he's playing a bigger role, maybe, you know, maybe he could be a good bottom six guy down the line. And then in the sixth round, uh, they took Connor McLennan, who's that, – that's a guy who in the under-17 World Championship scored eight goals in five games. The only other guy that's ever done that is Cole Caulfield. So pure goal scorer, real little guy, only five foot eight, um, broke his collarbone this year that knocked him down in the draft. So, you know, but but every guy has some, you know, some extent, outstanding element to his game. The, the one thing that every one of them has in common, they're all hardworking, high compete players. And that, that, that goes a long way, too. So what you'll end up having, you're not going to know for you know, three years, five years, but as an approach to a draft that, that, uh, you know, I, I like that. I like that approach. I think you, I think you value hockey sense sometimes over the guy who might be a little bit more skilled, but you question the compete, you question, you know, you, you question how hard he's going to work to become a national hockey league player, because all these guys have work to do. Otherwise they're yeah. right in the NHL. Unless you're picking them the top five, six, seven, you're not going to get a guy that's going to help you immediately. These are all guys that down the road, could uh, play uh, a role here in Philadelphia. Guys, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Can I say one thing, Timmy? Yeah. I just wanted just to give you guys a reminder that we would be on a normal time about five games into the regular season. <laughs> if you really want to think about how weird 2020's been, we would be at the five-game mark of this new season. And we're talking about free agency <laughs> the draft. Incredible times. Yeah, I believe I believe the last game of the finals or something was pretty close to the day we got on the plane 
to go to Europe. Correct. It, to start the season, it, it, it's just such a weird year. 2020, strange. <laughs> well, they have identified uh, January the 1st is the target date to start the season. If that, in fact, uh, turns out to be true, that would mean training camps a couple of weeks before that. So in the meantime, Chuck Fletcher will continue to look for ways to improve his hockey club. With our latest broadcasters roundtable for Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, Chris Terry, and Bill Meltzer. I'm Tim Saunders. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.